All right, we're on the last one. The last one of ears to hear listening to the stories of Jesus. This parable that we're looking at today is gonna be in Luke. So open your Bibles, open your devices and turn to Luke chapter six. We'll be looking at verses 46 through 49. Luke chapter six, verses 46 through 49. This parable is in both Matthew and Luke. I've chosen to do Luke's version, although you could do either one. It wouldn't make a difference as far as the points or the main idea or the outline. In Matthew and Luke, this parable is preceded by stories of a tree that produces good fruit or a tree that produces bad fruit. You remember that story. A good tree won't produce bad fruit. A bad tree won't produce good fruit. And so you know a tree by its fruit. You know a Christian by its fruit. You know a believer by the fruit that is being produced. And so we know that's the preface. In Matthew chapter seven, verse 23, there's also this really scary section right before it of the warnings about those who have called Jesus Lord, Lord, that they're gonna stand before him. He's gonna say, depart from me for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. And so that offers a warning for us to make sure that we truly do know the Lord. In Luke, we see right here in verse 46, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? So that's the setting for this parable. This is a parable that we all know well. This is a parable that we sing songs about. And so today we're gonna look at the parable of the builder. The wise man builds his house upon the rock, the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. So here's your main idea. If you wanna write down your main idea, we'll read our text here in just a second. Main idea, build your life on knowing and obeying God's word. So this is what I wanna leave you with, seniors, Last sermon to you, build your life on knowing and obeying God's word. Freshmen, sophomore, juniors, prospective students who may be visiting, those watching online, this is the command for all of us. This is just biblical wisdom to build our lives on knowing the word and obeying the word. That's what we should do. That is our command. That's what we're after. So here's our outline. This will surprise you. It's a profound outline, the wise builder and the foolish builder. It's just there in the text. So the text is what we're gonna focus on. So there it is. All right, how many of you remember this song? The wise, you don't even know what song yet. <laughs> He's got ESPN. All right, the wise man, some of you will get that later. It's okay. The wise man built his house upon the rock. You remember it? We sang it three times, right? The wise man built his house upon the rock. I forget all the motions. Yeah, you've got the motions going on. How many of you know the motions? Y'all wanna do the motions? Some of you wanna do the motions. All right, if you wanna do the motions, you can do the motions. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Is that right? Oh, he built his house upon the rock. This is the rock. I'm looking down here, we're getting motions. I should call you up here, but I'm not gonna do that. The, the rains came down and the floods came up. Remember, the rains came down, the floods came up three times. And then what? It's... Is spirit fingers, twinkle fingers? Did you call it twinkle fingers? <laughs> twinkle fingers in chapel, first time ever. And the house on the rock stood. Hey, you do know it. What's the sign for firm? I don't know. I don't know, whatever. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. What's sand? I don't remember sand. Sand? Twinkle fingers again? Okay, sand. Three times. And then the rains came down and the floods came up and the rains came down and the flood came up. You get it. And then what happens? The house on the sand went. 
Oh, you got the sign for it too. Do that again. That was fun. Here we go. That, let's do it all together now. We ready? And the house on the sand went. Okay, we're done. I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, amen, let's get out of here. All right, got a test to study for. All right, let's read our text. If you are able and willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of God's word? It's a simple text, but boy, if we get it, oh, if we get it. Oh, dear student, get it. Get it. If you build your house on the rock, What's gonna happen? Stand. If you build your house on the sand, what's gonna happen? You got it. So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I'll show you what he's like. He is like a wise man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when, not if, and when a flood arose and the streams broke against that house and it could not shake it because it had been well built. Oh, my prayers that that's you. That's where I wanna focus this morning, casting the vision for that. But this text continues, so we heed the warning here But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When, not if, the streams broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Oh dear Lord, we are so easily convinced by the deception of the devil and the lies of this world. We are so easily persuaded by our own sinfulness God, would you help us today to drive this truth deep into our hearts that our lives should be built on knowing and obeying your word for your glory and for our great joy. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. All right, let's walk through it. It's not complicated. Let's walk through the text here. What do we see in verse 47? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words, this is the, this is the title of our series, Ears to hear, we all have ears, but do we actually hear what's being said or is it like we get told the same thing over and over and over again and we never do it? We understand there are repetitive things that we're told that we don't do. And so he who has ears to hear, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I'm gonna show you what he's like. This is the vision. This is what I wanna cast for all of you that I want all of you to do this summer as you go away or graduates as you embark upon your career, your vocational calling, the rest of your life, this is what my prayer is for you. This is what I want for you. Verse 48, he's like a man building a house. So you start building a house and what do you do? Civil engineers in the room, where are you? All right, civil engineers in the room, what do you do when you're gonna build a house? You take a soil sample, right? You wanna find out what you're building it on. We are actually building a new dorm. Every time we build a new dorm, they go dig holes in the ground 
so they can determine exactly what the ground's like. I don't understand this because the new dorm they're building is less than a quarter of a mile away from the last dorm they built and they're drilling new holes. I'm like, why do you have to drill new holes? You just drilled holes over there. It's the soil over here, different than the soil over there, but we paid enough money for that. I'm like, go ahead and do whatever you need to do. You know what you're doing. And so they dig holes to find out what's gonna happen. And if needed, they get rid of some of the top and they get a firm foundation and they get everything laid well. And here's the illustration because we all understand what this means. If we're gonna spend enough money to build a house, you'll understand all this one day if you don't already understand it. You wanna make sure the foundation's solid. The last thing you want is a foundation that cracks because then you're stuck with that house because you're not gonna be able to sell a house with a cracked foundation. Nobody's gonna buy it because the bank's not gonna give them the loan to buy it because it's not gonna be insurable. And so then you're gonna have to go down and dig deep and put different pylons and all sorts of stuff in there to fix the foundation. And that's gonna charge you a lot of money. So then it's a bad idea. And so here's what it says in the illustration. You lay the foundation, you dug deep and you laid it on the rock. So students, Building your life, dig deep and lay your foundation on the rock. Now, here's the issue this is not easy. This is difficult. When you dig deep, it takes time. When you dig deep, it takes effort. If you're gonna build your life on the rock that is the foundation, that is God's word, you are gonna have to work to dig into the word yourself. You can't have somebody else dig into the word for you to build your life on the foundation that is the rock. You have to do it yourself. So what that means is when you leave this place, when you graduate, when you go away for the summer, you better be in the word of God. No Bible, no breakfast. Every single day in the word of God, digging deep, not just reading it with a cursory reading so that we can say, oh, I read my Bible and checking the box, but we're reading it for a purpose. We're reading the word so that we get to know the God of the word so that we understand what God wants us to do with our lives. We read this book so that it will change my sinful nature to be more like him so that it will change my affections that are pulled towards this world to be affections for Christ. This word changes us. Dig deep. Don't be a superficial reader that has a few Bible verses on your coffee mug and you think you're okay at that point because you're not. Dig deep into the word and lay a solid foundation because it tells us when a flood arose, there will be trials in your life. You will not get through this life without having to go through a trial. And when those trials come, the question's gonna be, is the house gonna stand or is the house gonna fall? Is the life gonna stand or is the life gonna fall apart? My desire for all of you is that you will stand and that you will stand firm and that a watching world will see you standing firm and they will say, how in the world is it that he or she is standing firm in the midst of the trial? And you will be able to say, there is but one way. It is by the grace of God, it is by his word because that's where your foundation has been built. So what's a solid foundation? Let's get real specific here. I want you to have a solid foundation. What is it? Isaiah 40, verse eight. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. The solid foundation isn't the wisdom of men. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
The solid foundation is what never changes. It's what doesn't shift. It's why you dig those holes in the earth to make sure that you're on rock, that you're on something solid, that you're not on something that's gonna shift or fade away. It's why you don't build over a landfill. It's not solid. There are too many things that are gonna give and go away. And so you make sure you're building on something solid. Well, what's solid? It's the word of God. It's the only thing that won't change. Every year when the flowers are wilting, when the grass it's turning not green, brown if you're in Texas, or I don't know what it turns here. It just turns white because it's covered with snow and then it goes away and you don't see it for like eight months. And anyway, this is the word of God. It's gonna stand forever. It's longer than me, it's longer than you. So build your life on the word of God. Here are a few verses, just a couple. And I just pulled these out of Psalm 119, which Lord willing, we'll go through some of these next year. Psalm 119, nine. How can a young man keep his way pure? Young woman as well. By guarding it according to your word. So if I wanna keep my life pure, if I wanna live a life that's pleasing to God, I need to guard my life by knowing and doing God's word. Psalm 119, 11, just two verses later. I have stored your word in my heart. That means I memorized it. I have stored it in my heart. So I haven't just read it to check the box. I have memorized the scripture. I put that scripture into my heart. Why have I put it into my heart? So that I might not sin against you, so that I know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. And when those temptations come, those memory verses are brought to mind so that the Holy Spirit uses those in my life so that I might not sin against you. Memorize scripture, read scripture, meditate on scripture, live in the word, breathe the word, bleed the word, somebody asks you a question, answer them with the word. You should be people of the book. You should be people where the word just oozes out of your mouth. You should be people when every question is asked to you, your first thought is a Bible verse. If that's not you, then you need to dig deeper in the word. Oh, that we would be people that every time somebody comes up with a lie of the devil, man, I just don't feel loved. You're creating the image of God. For God so loved the world, they sent his only son just for you and replace those lies and deceptions of the devil with the truth of scripture. How do I know what to do? I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's the common question every senior gets at graduation. What are you gonna do? And some of them have it all planned out and they have like eight jobs to choose from and the rest of them hate those seniors, but it's okay. They, 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 have, their, they have their assignment, they know what's going on and then you have some, I don't know, I don't know what's next. How am I gonna know what's next? I don't know what I'm gonna do this summer. I don't know what's next. How am I gonna know? Psalm 119, 105. Here you go. Your word's gonna be a lamp to my feet, a light into my path. It may not matter exactly where you are or what you're doing this summer, but it's gonna matter how you do it. Are you gonna allow the growth you've had this year to drip back because you drift back into old habits and old patterns? Or are you gonna dig deep? You're gonna stay in the word. You're gonna keep making progress. You're gonna keep moving forward in your walk with Christ. This is what I want you to do is build your life on the foundation of the rock, the rock that is Jesus Christ, where we learn about it through his word. The floods arose, the streams broke, and they couldn't shake the house because it had been well built. How many of you want to build a house that's going to fall down? Nobody. How many of you want to build a house or a life that's going to be able to stand? Here you go, right here. It, it's not me. It's not any of your faculty members, as brilliant as they may be. It's the word. 
It's not what you see on the internet. It is certainly not what you see on social media. It is not what the world tells you. It is the word. People of the book. We don't worship the book. We worship the God of the book, but we learn about the God of the book by reading, meditating on, and memorizing the book. Okay, Matthew 7, 25, put it this way. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. This is point number two, it's the foolish builder. Now, Luke doesn't use the word foolish. Matthew uses the word foolish. And the word for foolish is moros, which is, you kind of hear in there the similar term moron. And so it's almost like saying, okay, if you hear these words and you know you're supposed to build your life on the rock and yet you don't build your life on the rock, that's a foolish person, that's a moron, that's not good, that's not wise. And so every time you hear the word moron, and it's usually considered offensive, so I hope you don't hear it too often, but every time you hear the word moron, what I want you to think about, I want you to think of somebody who doesn't build their life on the word of God. We have it. God tells us to build our life on it. We should build our life on it. Here's what happens in verse 49. Here's our warning. Verse 49, it says, but the one who hears, or in our case, the one who reads and does not do them, this is like a different man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. Okay, now, all the civil engineers in the room, are they're quivering. Like every engineer in the room is like, no foundation, you can't do that. What in the world's going on? This person, I can't, their anxiety level's going up. This is just a story, okay? You can, you'll be okay. I almost brought in a Lego set. Because we all understand this from Lego world. If you build a Lego set without a base and you try to build a really tall tower, it's eventually gonna fall over. But the broader the base and the more Legos you put at the bottom, the stronger that tower is gonna be. We know this from experience, that we need a strong foundation, a strong base. And so here is what we're told is that you need to build a house on a solid foundation, not on a sand without foundation. But now think about these two houses. There's one guy over here who builds his house. There's no foundation. It's just on the sand. It's got a nice floor plan. It's got a nice layout. It's got a front porch to it. Maybe it's two stories. It's got a, it's got a really nice kitchen in it with all the, the, the fun kitchen stuff that I don't ever use except the microwave. And then you, you've got this other house over here that's built on the rock and it took a lot longer to get up. What in the world are they waiting on? They're not even getting the thing off the ground yet and and it looks just the same. It's got the same two stories and it's got a front porch. And it's got a nice swing on the front porch. It looks all pretty. And you think to yourself, you know, that house over there was built in eight months and that house over there was built in 12 months and that house over there cost about $10,000 less than that house over there cost. And so I think, I think this house, I'm gonna go with that builder because these houses look exactly the same until the storm comes. Your life can look just like somebody else's life who has dug deep and built a solid foundation and everything can look okay and you can show up to Cedarville University and look just fine. You can show up to church and you can fool a few people that everything's going okay. It's when those challenges in life, it's when those hardships in life come, that's when everything falls apart. It's when you realize there's a difference between a house that was built with no foundation 
a house that was easy and a house that was hard. I try to think of how to illustrate this to you. And the best thing that came to mind for me is my planting skills. So let me, let me elaborate. Anybody in the room know what an aloe plant is? Okay, so I went, I went to seminary. I, and when I went to seminary, I decided, you know, I, I need a plant. So you, you look up what's the plant you can't kill. An aloe pops up under that list. It's like impossible to kill an aloe plant. I mean, there are even pictures of aloe plants laying on their side, growing roots without soil and water because it's like, it's an aloe plant. Like you can't kill the thing, right? So I got this little one. It was small because, you know, where I was in a dorm room at the time, I wasn't married. So it was, it was probably about, about yay big and it had three stalks. I thought it was perfect. There's not a lot to it. I can take care of that. No big deal. So I watered that thing every single day. I made sure that that soil was nice and damp because I want to take care of my plant. I need, to, I need to care for it well, right? Now, all of you commented immediately. What's the problem with me watering it every single day? Do you know what happened to that plant? That goofy plant that destroyed my self-esteem for like three years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I could care less about that plant. I'm just joking. All three of those stems one day just fell over. They were still green. They were as green as they could be because they had water everywhere. They, they had no roots. There might've been one little squiggly root and it wasn't very long and it certainly wasn't deep and the weight of the plant just caused it to fall right over. That's some of you in the room. You're here. You come to chapel five days a week. You're an authentic Christian community where brothers and sisters are pushing you towards Christ. You've got a Bible minor going on. You may even be in a discipleship group and everything is urging you to go in the right direction. You are in the greenhouse that is Cedarville University and you are being watered regularly, but instead of digging roots deep on your own because you're in the word yourself, you're just allowing and soaking up all the stuff that's in your environment. But then what happens is the semester ends and you step away to that summer opportunity. And all of a sudden, there's not all this stuff pushing away, but you haven't dug the roots deep, so then you're not going to be able to stand, or you graduate as a senior, and you've done all these things, and you've got all this stuff going, and when you graduate as a senior, you realize, wait a second, I don't have authentic, genuine Christian community. Everybody at my work doesn't believe in Jesus. I, I don't have chapel five days a week. I don't have a Bible minor, and all of a sudden, you start falling apart because you haven't dug your roots deep. I wanna to say to all of you, dig those roots deep. Some of you think, well, I heard this on social media or I listened to this or this happened. Can I just challenge you for just a moment to say don't listen to what the culture has to say about life in general? The devil's really smart. He's been deceiving ever since the Garden of Eden. And let's just face it, we're not that smart. You guys are much smarter than me. You're still not that smart. 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years from now, people are gonna look back on us and you know what they're gonna say about us? Man, we're a bunch of idiots. Can you believe what they did? You want me to prove it to you? Okay. Since you asked. 
Remember when cigarettes were actually advertised as good things? Oh, I've got a couple for you up here. Face the facts. When tempted to overindulge, reach for a lucky instead. It's toasted. I don't know what that means, but anyway. It's really funny at the bottom. It says when, we do not say that Lucky's reduces flesh. I guess they didn't want to call it fat. I don't know, whatever. Physicians recommend Lucky's because they're less irritating on your throat. You remember those days? Here's some other things that happened in the past. How many of you are, if you're my age or older, how many of you sat in the front seat of a vehicle driving down the road without a car seat? Yep. It's old people, some of the young people too. All right, we won't talk about that because that would have been illegal probably by your time. Now you have car seats, you're in the back, you're rear facing, they've gotta be secured in such a way because we know better. How many of you knew that Coca-Cola started with small amounts of cocaine in it? Not as much as you find on the internet, but small amounts of cocaine in it. So here's a fun one. The snow from the 1939 Wizards of Oz was made from asbestos. Get this new stuff we got. It's awesome. Let's just make snow everywhere. We can wallow in it. It's a little itchy and you know, it kills me later, but it's okay. There's so many more. Got mental health issues? Lobotomy. We'll fix it. You, you can Google later and figure out all these different things we used to do as humanity that are crazy. And I'm gonna tell you right now, 100 years from now, people are gonna look back at us and they're gonna say, What in the world were you thinking? So here it is. Don't build your worldview. Don't build your life off of evolution. Are you kidding me? You really think all this just spontaneously happened and came out of nothing? Are you serious? It's ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Irreducible complexity. it's, It's just, you could go through many different animals. We don't have time. In your science faculty, you do a better job at it than I would. Seriously, this is what's being taught in higher academic educational institutions is that we all came from nothing. Look at those bunch of idiots. We have worldviews that are competing. We have guys competing in women's sports in colleges. And we may love people. We may love that God loved them and died for them. But I'm telling you, 100 years from now, there are gonna be things that we look back on and everybody's gonna say, I cannot believe they actually thought that was okay. So here's my warning to you and to me. Do not build your life on the shifting sands of culture. Build your life on the unchangeable word of God. That's it. It's not complicated, but it's really hard to do day in and day out. So here's some application thoughts for you and then we'll close Number one, God is faithful, we can trust him. It's all throughout scripture, read your Bible. Just read your Bible over and over and over again and all you're gonna find out is God says I'm gonna do this and God does this. God says I'm gonna give you a land, God gives them a land. God says I'm gonna make this happen and God makes this happen. God says he's gonna send a provider, he sends a provider. God says he's gonna raise him on the third day, he raises him on the third day. God says he's coming back, he's gonna make all things new, he's gonna do it. God tells us to build our lives on the rock and we'll stand. God's word is true and will not return void. 
Trust the word to do its work in your life. Be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Build your life on knowing and obeying God's word. Now, if you're writing, you can take a picture if you want to, but if you're writing under this, it's no Bible, no breakfast. Every day in the word, it's not just reading it, it's meditating on it, it's memorizing it, it's internalizing it, it's walking humbly with God, it's prayer, it's being in a local church, so you graduate, you join a local body of believers that preaches the word, you get there, you join, you participate, you are engaged in that local church, you are producers and not just consumers in that local church, you walk humbly with your Lord, it's Micah 6.8, do justice, love kindness, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. The Bible records no person who continually sinned against God and then thought it was a good idea. The Bible records stories of tons of people who kept stumbling forward towards God that he used for great and amazing things. So my last admonition to you or thought here is to keep stumbling forward. So you go home for the summer and you say, I got this, I got it. And then your life falls apart a couple of weeks later. Something bad happens and you're like, oh, things are not going well. This is not good. Oh, wait a second. It's because I'm not having a quiet time. So then you stumble forward and you start getting in that habit of reading the word and make sure that you do those disciplines. You graduate from here. You go off. All of a sudden you evaluate and you go, I'm not where I used to be. Why is that not the case? Was well, because I'm not gauged and plugged in a local church. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not memorizing scripture. So I've got to get these disciplines plugged in. Keep stumbling forward all through your life. Keep stumbling forward. Third John 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than looking at your social media post or hearing at homecoming that Cedarville graduates are walking in truth. Our faculty has no greater joy than hearing that our students are walking in truth. But let me say this to you also. If you're in the room and your life's gonna fall apart one day, you can always come back. We're here. You, you come to me and tell me, and my life's falling apart, it's a mess, I did this, 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 and this. There's no condemnation. Our sins, they are great, but his mercy is more. We genuinely love you and genuinely want you to walk with the Lord. And if you don't, we're still gonna be here to love you and pray for you and hope that you stumble forward to walk with the Lord. So the seniors can always come home. It's see you later, it's not see you never. Here's my last word to you. It's a hymn, I love this one. How firm a foundation. How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed, for I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. When through deep waters I call thee to go, 
The rivers of sorrow shall not overflow. For I will be with thee thy troubles to bless and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume, thy gold to refine. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Summer's coming. You're leaving the greenhouse. Some of you for a period, some of you for good. Go flourish in the world. Build your life on the rock. Tell others about Jesus. Use your vocation to expand God's call on everybody in this world and make it a great place for everybody to live. Stand for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, would you bless our students and keep them? Would your face shine upon them? Would you grant them your mercy for all of their days? Would you hold us fast and keep us safe and help us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength? For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are dismissed.